Hey everyone, welcome to the Shimoda Split Screen. This is a show where we talk with other photographers about news, info relevant to their lives. Today we're talking with North Carolina-based landscape photographer, Mark Denny. Uh, before we start, Mark, what's your YouTube and Instagram channel so people can follow you? So on YouTube, it's uh, Mark Denny, and on Instagram, it's Mark Denny Photo. Today, the reason I want to talk to you is because you recently made the jump from... Uh, I guess a career man slash part-time photographer and you've jumped into a full-time photographer. Uh, I think that's something a lot of people either are kind of hoping to do themselves. What made you make that move? You know, it's like, I talked to a lot of people about that ever since I made the switch and it seems like everybody's kind of in the same boat. A lot of people are working the the nine to five corporate type jobs and on the, all their free time, they're out shooting as much as possible. But, uh, you know, I always, I always hear that people would love to leave the nine to five and make a full-time career out of photography. But as we know, it's, it's difficult to do, but, uh, it's something that I've been slowly transitioning out of the corporate world. Mm -hmm. But then uh, the, the company that I was with was going to be doing some, you know, major restructuring. And it just seemed like a good opportunity for me to, to go ahead and, 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 and exit that world. But, um, yeah, it's 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 been an interesting journey. I'm about about three months in right now from from going full time from leaving the corporate world. But uh, it's been exciting so far. It's not what I anticipated, you know, because you, you think that. Well, now I'm a full-time photographer. I'll have all the time in the world to go out and, and shoot everything and travel. And uh, I feel like I actually shot more when I worked 40, 50 hours a week in a corporate job than I do right now because I'm just kind of inundated with all the, the business side of everything. So, um, But I, I think that that'll always be there. But right now, there's just a whole lot of it that I'm kind of going through. Do you feel a little bit of pressure to produce on the, the photography side now? Yeah, yeah, I do. I, I feel I actually feel more pressure to tr how to, to to try and figure out how to monetize everything. That's kind of what I keep thinking about is because um, there's so many different income streams, and that's something that I've really figured out over the last few months is that there there's not one income stream that photographers get all their income from. It's just it's various different models. Where in the corporate world or your nine to five job, you got all your income from one source. So I almost feel like I have like I went from one job to eight, nine, ten different jobs. So it's uh, a lot of different things to manage. But yeah, there's there's a little bit of pressure to produce. Was your old job related at all to to photography? No, no, not at all. It was uh, financial marketing consulting. Do you think uh, you're going to be the type of photographer that leaves town all the time uh, to go capture images, or are you going to be shooting mostly within your part of the U.S.? I would like to do kind of 50-50. Uh, where I'm at in North Carolina, I'm, I'm centrally located, so I'm about maybe two hours from the mountains and two hours from the ocean. So it kind of have, it's nice to have both uh, access to both you know, types of geography. But uh, I would like to continue to do a lot of shooting in North Carolina, but also kind of venture out as much as possible, too. When you say venture out, do you mean globally? Probably mostly within the U.S. right now, yeah. but uh, I definitely wouldn't have any reservations for uh, jumping across the pond. <laughs> yeah, of course. So you mentioned uh, monetizing uh, every, basically every uh, everything you can, kind of thing. What what are some of those things that you're you're monetizing? 
So things like, you know, like YouTube ad, ad revenue, Amazon affiliate income, trying to monetize print sales and in workshops and uh, trying to think what else. Just uh, a lot of those kind of things that when I was working a nine to five job, I didn't really think much about. It's like I, would, I was making, I was producing YouTube videos almost on a weekly basis. And I never really paid much attention to ad revenue or anything because it, it wasn't a ton of money. And um, I just didn't, uh, money was, uh, wasn't really a concern then. And it's not really so much of a concern right now. Eventually, though, you know, you, you have to start producing. So just trying to, to figure out how to monetize everything. Yeah, I wonder if that will change your approach. Well, obviously it will change your approach, but just um, for myself, sometimes I'll take images when I when I know I need to get an image of something and it'll, it'll influence what is a good image and what I should just delete or just put in a folder somewhere and I'll, I'll spend too much time editing something or whatever just to make it an image that I can use later. Um, right. I don't know. Can you see that happening with, with, with your approach to now and I need to make money off this? You know? Yeah. And I, I my, my mindset's already kind of shifted a little bit when it comes to images that I believe would be good for print, for print sales, because right. there's, you know, there's very specific images that a person would feel comfortable hanging in their home. And I'm already thinking that way, like what, what type of an image are people more apt to hang in their home versus others? And I'm already feel kind of more, uh, more, what's the word? Not, not pressured, but more kind of steered towards trying to capture those types of images more often now. What kind of characteristics in the image would, uh, would you think change that? I think very simple photos are usually, you know, good sellers. That's what I've noticed in the past. Photos that have a, a very, very clear focal point, have a very simple composition. And a lot of times muted colors or black and white work really well. I don't, I think I've only sold a handful of images that have very vibrant color palettes. It's usually muted or black and white. Yeah. I just, just when you said that, uh, or just when I asked that, I, I, I immediately thought of, even for us choosing color schemes, the the tilt from the the safe uh the color that goes with everything to to something with with a little life in it there it's pretty skewed and i think that's yeah probably it's probably the same thing so with print sales because i hear from some photographers uh i'm just thinking of one in particular but last time i talked to him he was just saying that it was a real struggle to make his living off print where he before in the last five years that was the, the the base of his income are you finding like uh is that i guess it's still a relevant um way to generate money off your photography yeah i, I think it is it's definitely not uh one of the larger income streams I mean, print print sales is, is difficult it really is right and i i've never heard anything different from anybody everybody every photographer that i know always starts the conversation the same way talking about how difficult it really is. And I'm not a hundred percent sure exactly what it is. I don't know if it's that consumers are less apt to spend more on a photographer's artwork, or is it because there's so, such easy access to less expensive artwork out there? And I'm thinking of things like, I mean, you could go anywhere to like, uh, 
I don't know, like Targets or those kind of stores. And if you look at those types of artwork, that's what people are buying. The the the, the black and white New York City photo with the yellow cab running through that you've seen everywhere. That's the kind of stuff that people love to buy. And it's cheap. Yeah, just think of like a shop like Ikea, how many Ikea yes, photos Yes, that's what I was seeing. thinking of. Yeah, around. It's, it's a shame that people don't have a little more. They don't want a little more out of it. But I also right. I think the problem is too that there's just so many amazing images now, and they're just so accessible mm -hmm. that it's not as uh, it's not as rare an experience to have a beautiful image in your in your house because you can just turn on your phone and there's ten thousand beautiful images. You know, everyone can seemingly take an amazing image now. Right, exactly. They're just easy access to it. But what I what I have found is that. People who have a vested interest in you or, or me, those are the ones that really want to have a piece of your artwork and they'll pay whatever, not astronomical prices, but they'll definitely pay a little bit of a premium to have your artwork. For sure. Which is great. Yeah. Which is good. And yeah. I mean, of course you want the a general market as well, but it's just really nice to have people that appreciate exactly what you do. So with... With YouTube, it's kind of funny because when I watched the video where you discussed making the transition to, to full-time pro, I just I didn't I never thought about it before. I just assumed you already were uh, a full-time professional photographer. Um, when did you start doing your YouTube videos? About I think it was January of 2017. So almost two years now I've been doing YouTube. How how is that? How did that experience start? What like, what drove you to start making videos? I, that's a good question. So I I started a a Facebook photography page I think in two thousand and sixteen. My family was telling me that I should put some artwork out there, so I started to do it, and um, I got like five or six thousand followers in the very first year, and that absolutely blew me away wow. because I didn't advertise it; it just it just happened. And most of them were in North Carolina, but it was December of 2017. It was around Christmas time and, uh, or 2016. And I created a, a real quick two minute video right here at my desk on my phone. Right. And it was just kind of like a thank you. It really means a lot, kind of a video. And I, I posted it on Facebook and I, I think it got like seven or 8,000 views, which isn't a whole lot in the grand scheme of things, but that totally blew me away. And then I posted that same video on YouTube, the, the, uh, January of 2017. And then I just, I was like, you know what, I'm going to make another video and then another video. And then I started to really get into the video side of it, started to get some studio lights and it just kind of a snowball effect. Once you see the, the, the traction start to gain, it's, it's kind of addicting, but, uh, I love doing it now. Well, yeah, I should just say that you're the, the, when you first did the bag review for us, um, it was a surprise to me, but I was just really impressed by just the whole setup that you had, like the way you had everything lit, the quality of it, and just the, the detail, everything. Um, I probably That's probably why I just assumed you were full-time professional because your image already looked like a professional, I guess. Right, yeah. Well, I, 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 I try, to, try and perfect all those little tiny details. I'm constantly finding little ways to tweak it and try and make it better and better. Is that something you, you, you obviously just said you did, but you spent a lot of time on 
moving lights, having backlights, et cetera, all this kind of stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Rim light, main lights, hair <laughs> lights. I mean, all that stuff. And I watch YouTube constantly. Right. I, I have to like just make myself stop just trying to learn more and more. And, and lately I've really been focused on lighting and lighting can drive you absolutely crazy. Just moving stuff around in different lights, but it's, it's, it's very, very critical to a, a good polished look in my opinion. Yeah. I have, uh, little pieces of tape where all my light stands go on the floor just so I have have the same thing (laughs) (laughs) my daughter came in here the other day she's like dad why is there tape all over the floor I'm like it's got a purpose please don't pull it up (laughs) yeah yeah exactly well it's interesting because I mean kind of back to you making the transition I feel there is so many people that that want to do that they want to know how they can do that and there's so much information online how to do that. Like you said, you watch all these videos. We probably watch the same videos. It's just, and again, with social media, Instagram, these types of things, it's just so available. Um, people's lifestyles, what they do, how to do it versus 10 years ago, you know, um, it wasn't available. And it feels like it's so much easier now to, to make that jump into uh, yeah. like a full time or at least the attempt to do it. Kind of Right. Thing. And, uh, but my favorite part of YouTube is, you know, when you post something on Facebook or Instagram, it's got a lifespan of a few hours or maybe a couple of days and it's never seen it again. But with YouTube, I mean, it lives forever because the, the, the search engine aspect of it. Yeah. yeah I so I think that's really cool. Very cool. I think it's, uh, probably for you it's, and it is for me. I, I, I like to think it is, but I think it's a critical, uh, part of a business moving forward is that there is that presence just because it is the second biggest search engine. And I would, I would say for our media industries, it probably rivals Google for information. Yeah, I I definitely agree for sure. So what what kind of challenges do you think are going to come up in the next year for you? I mean, I, I think that just trying to, really trying to get out of the, out of the mindset of, of making, how should I say it? Trying to, to replace the amount of income that I made before with photography. And it's, I'm trying to get away from that mindset because at the end of the day, you are kind of like living a little bit more minimalistic. is really kind of a a good way to put it. And just trying to focus on that a little bit more. And, you know, I got everything budgeted out, how much I need to make, um, every single month and, and hopefully ideally it, it ramps up over time. Right. But I think that's going to be a struggle. And I know that, you know, when, when you have the nine to five corporate job, you have very, very steady income that you can always count on. Mm-hmm. And photography will probably never be quite like that. It's going to be all over the place. And that's probably going to be the hardest part for me. Cause I was in corporate America for for 17 years at the same job so i got really really used to it feels good to uh, be out of corporate america yeah it, it does you know I, I worked for an amazing company and met a, it was, you know some of the most amazing people in my entire life there and i'm still connected with them but it feels really good to to really sink my teeth into something that i'm passionate about right because I wasn't too excited about financial marketing as much as I tried to do it and it paid the bills and it was fantastic. I'd still, I didn't wake up in the morning with that, you know, that, that real desire to do anything. And now I, I do, 
you know, I wake up like an hour before my alarm even goes off and my mind is just going in a million directions about things that I'm really excited about. And for me, that's, that's everything right there. And I think that when you're doing something you love to do, there's a price tag associated with that. You might not be making as much money as you normally would or what you might be accustomed to, but you're doing something you love. So you get, you got to value that. There's a lot to be said for, um, I don't want to use the word freedom because that's kind of a, a big word, but uh, having the flexibility in your life to to pursue the things you want to pursue. It's uh, for me at least. It's it, there's sacrifices that I have to make, just mostly because I live in Japan. It, it, that creates a lot of difficulty for me. Um, if I didn't work in this industry, it'd be really difficult me difficult for me to live here. Um, just because I, I don't really have much interest in jumping into the Japanese corporate life or, or anything like that. Right. So my job allows a bit of freedom as well that, uh, that I'm grateful for. Yes. Yeah. That's a, that's a big part too. Absolutely. What's next for you in, uh, in the immediate future, any plans coming up? So I'm, uh, I probably for the, I'm really trying to position myself for uh, the the beginning of next year to, and really just trying to to grow print sales. I started doing more and more kind of um, Skype post-processing sessions with Photoshop and Lightroom. And I really did those kind of one-off and I've started to do a little bit more of them. And I, and I enjoy doing it mainly just to get to connect with a lot of cool people. And uh, I'm going to try and really kind of get that going a little bit more. Is that a consulting type thing you mean? Like you're doing uh, someone pays for an hour of your time and so yeah so yeah so somebody will pay for either like a one hour or two hour session and i try and custom really tailor it to whatever their needs are so i connect with them on the phone before the session kind of talk about you know what are they looking to do photoshop lightroom what do they want to get better at and then i kind of create a little tutorial for them and then we go over it edit some of their photos a lot of times they want to see me edit one of my photos that they've seen on my website and just go through that. And what's really cool is a lot of times, almost actually almost every time I've done one session with somebody, I immediately do another session with them, like within the next month. So I know that they're enjoying it. I'm enjoying it. I'm getting to connect with them. And I stay in touch with them all via email and social media. They capture a great image and they edit it and send it over to me just to show it to me. And I think that's really cool. So I really want to explore that. Yeah, that, that's interesting because, um, yeah. I think you have a great personality for exactly what you just said where, um, and you hinted at it before, but you know, when, when people gravitate towards you as a person and the work you do, it's, it's inevitably going to grow your business. And we live in such a world where everything is, um, you know, like even YouTube videos, they're just produced to meet certain targets. So they generate certain ad revenue and, and this type of thing that, when you have a good person behind the product, it's, um, keeps people coming back. Yeah, absolutely. It's a, it's yeah. a nice, it's a nice thing. So it, where you live, are you, uh, what, what's the landscape like where you live? It's, um, it's, it's really just kind of hilly, a lot of trees, nothing super exciting right immediately where I live. But two hours west is the uh, the Smoky Mountains and the Blue Ridge Mountains, which are just absolutely beautiful, especially this time of year. And then two hours east is um, the Outer Banks of North Carolina, which is a very nice, very natural beach, which on the east coast of uh, the U.S., 
don't get a whole lot of really untouched natural beaches. It's, it's so built up now. Right. So it's one of my favorite aspects of the, the North Carolina coast. Is there a name for that area? It's the, the Outer Banks. Oh, it's called the Outer Banks? Okay. Yeah, it's called the Outer Banks. It's on, it's on the, the north shore of North Carolina up towards Virginia. I don't know. You have anything else you want to add? I, I think that just one of the things that I have found so exciting since I did leave corporate America is listening to, you know, people that people have been absolutely amazing just with, you know, congratulatory um, remarks and comments, but just to hear them talk about how they would love to do that one day. And I would never really thought a whole lot about it. I just thought, I mean, I knew there was other people outside of me that wanted that, right? but the amount of people has absolutely floored me. How many people say the same exact thing? Yeah. Well, that, that's, that's really good. You bring that up because that's, um, that's exactly why I want to talk to you because I feel like there's so many people who want to do that. And I feel like people, I was thinking about the other day that there's, it's, it's basically like there's all these carrots just dangling and people are just like, oh, I wish I could just grab that and, and, and get, get out of this job and, and do that. And, right. uh, you know, you see that type of, uh, or I don't know if it's genuine or not, but you see that on Instagram a lot where people literally just quit their job or their story would say that they've left their job and just gone for a life of travel. I never right. know how genuine those accounts are, but it's, um, yeah, it's tempting. It's very tempting. For a lot it's of very people. tempting. Yeah. So, yeah. And I, I, and I dig into a lot of those stories. I'm like, how are they doing it? And I yeah. get the calculator out and I'm crunching the numbers and I'm like, how, how does it work? But I don't know. Do you think adding the element of being the global traveler, um, is that something you want to do? And is it something that uh, you see financially possible through your experiences so far? Yeah, I, I would definitely want to do it. I, um, I have two children that are in high school right now. One's going to be one's a junior in high school, so they're going to be going off to, to college and the other one's a freshman. So I wouldn't want to do a ton of traveling right now, you know, in the last couple of years while they're living at home. But long term, I could definitely see myself doing a, a little bit of globe trotting. That would be uh, definitely in the cards. <laughs> Just when I, again, I was going to say, I was going to ask you if you had kids because uh, that definitely puts a stranglehold on a few things. Yeah. Yeah. My wife and I always are always talking about like we only have. X amount of days left with our son before he leaves. And I'm like, I know, I know it, it goes by fast. Yeah. I mean, you'll see it on sitcoms, but that's always the joke is I can't wait till they're out of the house. Is that the, uh, no, my <laughs> wife and I are totally, like, we, we have a couple of friends that, um, were, were like that. They, they couldn't wait to be the empty nesters. And my wife and I are like, Oh my gosh, we only have, you know, 487 days left with our son. Uh, and, 727 days with our daughter <laughs> but yeah uh, yeah we'll, we'll we'll definitely miss them but uh, they'll be home all the time all right well it's been uh it's been really nice to talk to you and uh get to know yeah. you a little better absolutely i definitely enjoyed it and i appreciate the invite ah you're welcome uh hopefully we can do it again maybe uh get an update from you down the line yeah i'd love to just let me know all right Okay, Mark. Well, this has been Shimoda Split Screen. I want to thank Mark Denny. Once again, what's your YouTube and Instagram channels? Uh, YouTube is under Mark Denny, and uh, Instagram is at Mark Denny Photo. All right. I just want to thank everyone for watching, and we'll see you all next time.